Hey, Effernauts. I'm Jill Tu. I'm Beatrice Eicher. And I'm Chelsea Gayton. And welcome to the Effernauts Podcast, a mood for the culture and the future. We provide speculative writing encouragement, resources, and entertainment. If you'd like to support this podcast financially, you can find us at Afronauts Pod on Ko-fi or check the link in our Twitter profile. Today we're talking about revisions. Uh, this is personally my favorite part of the writing journey. Uh, and I know that a lot of authors feel like every book requires kind of a different process. So we'll be talking about the different types of revision. Uh, from revising on your own before anyone else even sees it, uh, to getting feedback from CPs or agents or beta readers, uh, and then the uh, dreaded (laughs) edit letter. (laughs) But uh, let's start with uh, talking about revising on your own. So I was wondering, before you all send anything off to a CP or an agent, do you tend to switch up your revision process depending on the story? um, Or is your kind of self-revision process pretty consistent? So my self-revision process is pretty consistent. I do a lot of self-editing while I'm writing, um, which really works for me. And it means that my first drafts are pretty clean. Then I reread everything and make minor adjustments before sending it off to betas or CPs. But I find that that doesn't really change book to book. That's that's my process every single time. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Every single time. I think just because of the self-editing, mm-hmm. it's, you know, once that's done, I don't really need to go back and do it again. Yeah. So what, what do you mean by self-editing? So what yeah. are you doing? And can I process? ask? Yeah. I'm, I'm curious if it's like, as you're writing, you're like, oh, that sentence doesn't really work. I'm just going to kind of switch that prose. Or are you setting aside separate time to edit what you've drafted? Like I know like Kosoko Jackson does that where uh, mm-hmm. they will draft in the morning and then that night like actually revise what they wrote? I actually do that while I'm writing. While I'm like, like as I'm writing, like if I I finish a sentence and I feel like, and I don't like that sentence, like I usually what I'll do is while I'm writing, I know whether or not that sounds good. Like as a sentence, as a paragraph, as a paragraph within that chapter. And I, before I finish that sentence or that paragraph, I go back and fix it or I'll go back and I'll take it out. Or I'll go back and I'll, you know, whatever, redo it. And but before I move forward. So there's not a separate time to edit it. I do it literally as I am writing. Oh, so do you edit like whole chapter? Like once you finish a chapter, do you go back and read it like that chapter right then? Yes. Hmm. You know, I kind of do a combination of that. Yeah. And doing like another edit afterwards. I'm still kind of figuring out my process. You know, this is, I'm working on, I guess, my third manuscript right now. And I tend to do a little bit of that, but sometimes Mm -hmm. it really slows down my drafting. So I've been trying to like self edit Mm -hmm. a little less as I go. Um, But I still like after every chapter, I have to go back and and read it and see if the, you know, things make sense. Yeah. I was going to say too, Beatrice, I I wonder if this works for you because you are such a heavy outliner. Like you Mm -hmm. don't need to, um, like I know some writers who will outline like a decent amount or their pantsers and they'll write the whole draft without looking back for like one second. <laughs> um, right. and then, yeah. And then they'll go back and say, okay, does this story make sense? Right. But you do a lot of that thinking up front, And so maybe yes. it does make sense that a lot of your, uh, editing, uh, and revising when you're drafting is mostly polish. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and I, I find that 
it's definitely there are definitely pros and cons like chelsea said um I've, I've had to find a way to do it in a way that doesn't slow me down a whole lot i've, I've gotten really good at knowing to your point jill since i do so much outlining it's really detailed outlining beforehand i i know where the story is going i know what the next chapter is i know everything and so i i kind of can get a feel for everything i am writing as opposed to writing and then looking back at it and that's that had definitely taken me several stories <laughs> several several novels to mm-hmm. to get that to, ha- to have that skill um definitely did not just arrive that way yeah so as I'm writing not at a different time cool you know there's some stuff that like when I'm revising like I figure out like after I've written it like I'll go back and I'll I'll like write a chapter and I'll go back and I'm like hmm now that I'm reading it like maybe the character I had a kind of clear idea of who they are in my head it doesn't translate to the page. So then I might go back and like improve a character, like maybe their their arc or their motivation, it doesn't come clear or something like that. And I'll be able to like, in hindsight, kind of seeing that information, comparing it to like what I'm thinking internally versus what's actually just there on the page. Yeah. And and I, I will say that sometimes if I'm, if I'm not 100% sure, I will read it out loud to myself. And if that doesn't work, I will copy and paste it into a text-to-speech website mm-hmm. and have that read it for me because sometimes you need someone else to do it and you can't do it yourself. So um, I'll put that link in the show notes, but um, there's one website I really like that um, they've been updating their voices, which is really nice. And <laughs> it's, it's very, very, I definitely, I highly recommend it. It's really helpful. And again, I will do that as I'm writing. I will stop and put that sentence into the website and see someone else say it. Wow. Yeah. I'll usually do that when I finish, like at least the chapter, like the draft of a chapter, Mm -hmm. I'll go through and I'll do like a text of speech and hear it. I Mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe like the smaller chunks. I feel like I get, I would personally probably get bogged down on like just sentence level Mm -hmm. things. I'd probably miss like, you know, weaknesses and like my character arcs or something, but yeah, that's, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I still really like reverse outlining. Um, I tend to draft and revise in like apt chunks. So I don't know, like 10, 15 chapters, whatever your you know apt is. And I do like to outline at the beginning, but I do find that I um, discovery write like a fair amount here and there. Um, Cause even if you have like the plot, like I personally like, um, like the character arts, like you were saying, Chelsea, they can still surprise you or you find that like you could have strengthened it somewhere or something that you didn't realize could have been a hugely impactful emotional moment. Um, like you have to mm-hmm. kind of see that on the back end and then and strengthen it. So yeah, I, uh, I like reverse outlining. I like it all in the spreadsheet. Um, I do find like that the process hasn't changed, but as I kind of shift and change as a writer, I find that I am like checking my chapters and my apps for different things than when I started, like my weaknesses have changed. So I have to kind of adjust my, my how they changed? checking. I don't know. I mean, I used to. I used to have to do like bigger gut checks for like plot and pacing. And I think um, that's something that I've gotten better at just in that initial outlining uh, phase. I think I'm better at knowing roughly how many words a scene or a plot beat is going to take me. And so I'm able to, okay, yeah, which is like an interesting kind of skill to be like, okay, this is like 700 words worth of conversation. Um, (laughs) Interesting skill to have. Wow. Um, I don't have that skill. That's not something that I have. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> Not me. It doesn't always work, but it's been a helpful, like, I don't have like huge, like, whoa, act one is 75,000 words. I'm screwed. Um, so that's been helpful. Um, and so now what I, what I look for a lot more is like, you know, is everything consistent with like the story that I want to tell, right? Like, is the character behaving in a way that like reinforces their, their emotional journey through here? Like, is there, if they said this one thing, does that show that they're actually further along on this path than I realized? Or do I need to set them back a little bit? Are all of the like challenges they're facing as effective as they could be to show this element of like how they're growing? So they're kind of like bigger things like that. If I feel like something isn't as impactful as it could be, um, that's what I'm, that's what I'm looking for uh, in my outline. Oh, also like polarity, right? So like, is this scene, like did something change during the scene or did I just put it in? Cause like the banter was cool. Uh, yeah. that's really yes. hard for me yes. as I, uh, as I move to like more, uh, more like categorical, like romance, as opposed to like sci-fi with the, with the romantic element, I feel like okay. I'm, I'm overloading okay. my banter, which romance. is great. Yeah. Um, and it's been really fun, but like the temptation is always there to just like load up on, you know, cute conversations and not, um, focus on like the moving the plot along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I actually tried reverse outlining like for the first time with my last, uh, well, I'm not, I'm in the middle of a revision for um, another novel, but I think the reverse outlining does kind of help you see um, if your intentions are coming through and it helps you notice like, you know, like pacing issues or something that doesn't make yeah. sense. And yeah, I think that's a really cool tool to use and hmm, I, I probably will keep using that one. Yeah, wait, I'm going to ask, how do y'all reverse yeah. outline? Yeah, I was going to say, I like, um, I think I started with Story Grid. I think the Story Grid podcast had a spreadsheet that they use and it's like kind of overload. Like there's a bunch of different columns for stuff. So I, you can kind of like tailor it to what you need. Um, and I'll, we can put that link in the show notes. Um, but yeah, I do a big spreadsheet um, where every row is a scene and uh, the columns can totally change depending on like what I'm what I'm checking for, like I said, but usually it's like the word count, the goal of the scene, you know, maybe like the characters, like where they are in their, in their internal arc, and also where the romance is, if there is a romance, like where we are kind of roughly, do they hate each other? Are they like temporarily friends? Like what's the kind of vibe? What else is in there? The polarity. So like, does the character shift from being confused to angry or, um, yeah, scared to relieved, whatever, whatever that like shift is, there needs to be some sort of like emotional shift in the scene for it to be interesting <laughs> to the reader, I found. Um, mm. And what else? What else? Those are probably the big ones. Oh, then if there's anything else we need to know, like if there's world building that's important in there, um, or, you know, there's plot information or things that need to happen in that scene, um, either that I've left out or that I could do a better job of accentuating, I'll put it in there. Yeah, for me, I think it's like, in my initial draft, I'm kind of like focused on like making sure I hit certain plot points. But then when I'm going back and revising, it's like, okay, do these characters, like does the character grow with the story? Mm -hmm. And I think that's where I yeah. use like the reverse outline, seeing like the different like moments of where the character is maybe growing or regressing or like they're going through their journey. Like this, the journey is their journey. You know, it's not just like the plot mm -hmm. that's happening. Mm -hmm. So that's what I try to, you know, look at in that revision. That's interesting. I wonder if it changes for more plot-driven books versus more character-driven books. Well, you know, I don't know. I would think like if a story is very plot-driven, that plot should be driven by the characters. 
you know, it should, yeah. it should also be character driven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you can separate the two because if there's a lot of plot going on, but your character's kind of like Reacting remaining the same yeah. throughout yeah. the story. It's like, what's actually happening, you know? Yeah. yeah, that's fair. And I feel like I've never really gotten that. I mean, I've, I've never gotten people who are like, I prefer plot driven books versus right. character driven books right. because what are you saying? Like, like, are you, like, are, are you saying that character arcs character growth you believing in the character wanting to see the character isn't that important or are you saying that like characters aren't super you don't really care you're just there for vibes i'm not Which sure cool also as a vibe author i understand <laughs> that my books are mostly vibes and that that's what you come here for you don't mm-hmm. come here you're for, here for the vibes you know, like everything else <laughs> yeah i get that but like in terms of as authors when we're when we're drafting and when we're plotting do you draft and plot differently with a plot driven book versus a character driven book or is it all the same it's just the stuff that's in there is different I I think just thoughts (laughs) yeah 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 to me I feel like you it's like the soul of the story like the character Mm -hmm. arcs like the character you know driving the story like that's like the soul of your story um but I don't know I guess it depends on what your intention is what you're writing um maybe they're I don't personally read many novels where there's not much character like growth or character driven stories like that's kind of mm-hmm. what I'm looking for so if there are stories where they're more plot driven and the characters aren't really changing then mm-hmm. yeah. I'm missing it I guess <laughs> yeah I think people okay. point out like James Bond is a good example of that where oh like, yeah super like interesting the characters- but he learns basically nothing the whole time <laughs> well that makes me you know uh, those kind of stories mm-hmm. made me think of tv shows where mm-hmm. I guess like like where it's like, sitcoms. oh, it's just like episodic, you know, it's like the same right. person. Like Bob's Burgers. Just in different situations. Yeah. Well, yeah, right? but I don't know if I'd read a Bob's Burgers novel. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Because mm. a novel I feel like is like. Would you know, I read a Bob's a... Burgers novel? <laughs> yes, I would. I think I, I would. Gotta see my girl Louise. Do we need to, yeah, do we need to like me. manifest some Bob's Burgers IP for you? Do you need to like <laughs> put it out on Twitter? Yes, please. <laughs> yes, please. If, if you didn't listening. notice we're fans of obstacles oh my gosh that would yes be we are that would be Love so that for us. Yeah. um well speaking of character arcs you guys just teed up my next segue because i wanted to talk about books and other references resources that we use uh to help us kind of beef up our revision skill set so one book that i love um is by k.m wyland who's like the goat um i think for for revision and, and writing and emotional character character driven stuff in particular um she has lots of books and she has a great podcast as well. Um, but her book, Creating Character Arcs, is a really great kind of intro to this idea of like internal versus external journey. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, she basically says that, you know, the, the most effective stories, especially like, at least like right now um, in modern literature, do a really good job of interweaving those two, right? That like the character grows because of what they go through externally. Uh, the choices that they make because of that growth drive the external conflict and kind of escalate it further. Like it's all kind of intertwined. Um, So that's a great book that I would definitely recommend. Um, And then I also love, I honestly think that um, there's a book called Self-Editing for Fiction Writers. And I honestly think it's like the reason that I like got better and like have an agent today, honestly. (laughs) Um, I think it was the first book where I was like- I praise. Oh yeah. It's like, it changed the way I thought about my writing because I was like, oh, like- nobody write like like this thing that I this crutch I lean on um in my writing is actually like a, a sign of like a really like amateur writer like I should just cut that out and something about even though most of that writing or most of that book excuse me is like 
line level stuff. Um, there's mm -hmm. something about seeing your words transformed into this like really tight, like polished stuff, even if like things are still wrong on a structural level, then maybe start to yeah. just think about my 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 book and my stories differently. Okay. How about you, you guys? Know, Do you have any books or articles or things like that? Podcasts? I haven't read many books on editing, but I like looking at articles like, you know, for like an overview and also different specific like weaknesses to work on. Like um, there's this one article, it's how to revise a novel, six steps to a smooth revision. It's on the ReadSe blog. And I like it because it's kind of like a good general like overview of like editing and revising, especially if you're like a beginner. Um, it, it goes over like, you know, looking over your timeline, your pacing, your characters. I know like um, a lot of the times I don't think of my timeline in my first draft. Like I remember reading back through as I was revising um, one of my novels and I was like, hey, the sun is out. But I mentioned before <laughs> that it was like nighttime and like now the yeah. sun's here and it's uh -huh. like, hmm, maybe it's just I vibes. should. It's just vibes. <laughs> Just, yeah. Just so, so like going back through and saying, okay, like here's like the timeline of my story and actually thinking of where my characters are in their world kind of helps me inform like my world building. So yeah, that's, that's, that's one article well. that, that I like. Um, and then there's another one, um, how to write character arcs. Um, it's on the helping writers become author site. And that one really helped me because, you know, I've been saying like character arcs, like that's kind of like the soul of like the story. And so looking at how to like improve on my character arcs, like let's say I have a character that's like, you know, kind of flat, even like secondary characters, I try to give them, you know, more soul. Like they, like they are the hero of their own story. And that's something that I've been trying yeah. to keep in mind as I write like my side characters, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. what, what is their journey? Like they're having their own journey on the story that's like separate from yeah. the main character. And it makes them like more dynamic because like then their motivations are driving their choices. And you can see it right. in the story of how they like, they may like come against the protagonist in the story because of their own internal, you know, journey. And so, yeah, that article kind of helped me like flesh out my characters more. And it helped me realize I could do a better job at like outlining and planning initially. Mm -hmm. So like for my next draft, like for my next story that I'm working on, I've been trying to like keep in mind how I'm going to revise and like who I want these characters to be. Mm -hmm. So it kind of helps me inform their choices as I, as I draft. Wow. That's that, nice. um, that website is actually Kay Milan's website. And I think that article is an excerpt from creating character arcs. Ooh. Yeah. So you should read it. Read yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, wow. she is the goat. It's a great article. And it's like, if you like the article, like the book goes deeper into all that stuff. Let me yeah. add it to my list. <laughs> that is definitely nice. And Chelsea, I'm, I'm glad you said that because that's something I also try to think about. I mean, I was I had to think about obviously for it to be, I think a really like dynamic story is that the secondary characters, maybe less of the tertiary characters, but the secondary characters, when the camera is not on them, what are they doing? People need to kind of know, mm -hmm. like if this character isn't, isn't center stage right now, I know that they're, whatever they're doing as opposed mm -hmm. to this character's life is only really in motion when the when they're with the main character when the camera is on them and I've been really trying to do better at that at like mm -hmm. making sure that the reader knows that the secondary characters have their own lives independent from the main character yeah. And you know, that can help with conflict too. Cause it's like, if they're having yeah. their own life, they're having their own opinions, you know, and mm -hmm. you know, that's yeah. more conflict. is always more fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, one article that I really like is a book Fox article called 
eight steps to revise your novel. And I really like it because the first thing it says is to distance yourself from the story, Mm -hmm. which I have a really hard time doing because (laughs) I, I always feel like if I distance myself from the story, I will like lose something. Like I will get out of the, out of the groove. I'll get out of the vibe and I won't be able to pick that vibe back up again, Hmm. which has never been the case. I don't know why I ever feel (laughs) that way. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That has never happened. I eventually get back into it, but Mm -hmm. I'm just, I always have that fear. Mm -hmm. Um, And then another step is to experiment with tints and POV. And I think because I self-edit, by the time I've finished a draft, I feel like all the big parts are done. Um, When I'm not, I'm still at the beginning stages. Um, Self-editing and since I, I outline extensively, I think that it's, for me, it is a net positive and it is a pro, but the, one of the cons is that once I'm done, I feel like, well, that's it. And I, and I can like, you know, wipe my hands of it and I'm finished. Let me go ahead and send this off to everybody. It's done when that's not the case. Jack <laughs> like, one perfection. Right. And, and I have to always remind myself of that, that this is the beginning and this is not the end. Um, but yeah, so I'm always reminding myself that I can change tenses and POVs and add or take out characters, mm-hmm. um, afterwards. And this article really helped me. So do you feel like because you have such a detailed outline to start with that you kind of get like married to it and you're like, this is the story. Like, is, is it Absolutely. hard for you to make changes that are well, yeah, is there any discovery writing yeah. happening? 100%. There's no discovery writing yeah. and which you know, I don't enjoy discovery writing, Mm -hmm. to be honest. It's just, it doesn't work for me. I love my outlines and my spreadsheets and my everything. That's very important to me in my, Mm -hmm. in my process. However, you do obviously lose something in that you lose the ability to discover things and to like, you know, whatever. And so the things that need to be changed after I'm finished drafting do get changed, obviously, but it can take longer because I do, a part of me does feel married to what I've already written in my synopsis and in my, in, mm-hmm. in the draft. Mm-hmm. So yes, absolutely. <laughs> that is a con for all those listening, <laughs> but you know, it's a net positive for me. Right. It outweighs. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. That sounds like it would probably make it harder for you to like kill your darlings and stuff. Like if you read right. through it again, you're like, wait, this character doesn't really work. Like you don't want to let them go. It, it can be. It can be. I, I feel like characters are not hard for me to kill. However, I write horror. Yeah, so I'm about to say no, they shouldn't be. <laughs> you have a lot of practice. I write horror. And so I'm from the beginning thinking of who was gonna die, who could maybe die. I'm not really married to any of the characters specifically. Oh, I'm not attached to the no, I don't I don't really have that big of an attachment to them only because. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna literally torture them and probably kill them <laughs> at, at some point and so it's not as big of a deal but I'm I'm more attached to like settings and atmosphere and vibes and when I have to take those out that hurts my heart <laughs> well yeah I was just about it to hurts say my like heart killing your darlings yeah. isn't just like getting rid of characters it, it can include all those things yeah, like right. for be, me personally yeah. Like I, I don't like cutting like world building. Like if I think, Ooh, I, I built this really cool aspect into the world, Yeah. but maybe it has completely no relevance to the story. It's like, I don't want to let it go because it's so cool. And I've never seen it before, but it's like, 
Yes. I yeah. know. Yes, but the vibes. These are so, immaculate yeah. vibes. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, so what what do you guys really struggle with when it comes to cutting, cutting things? I don't know. Jill, did you mention what you yeah, no, I didn't. I mean, I think um I struggle with it all. I think um I'm definitely the kind of writer that <laughs> finds um it figures out what the story's quote unquote about, like as I'm writing it. Uh, and even though I might think I have a really good idea of like what the core, like heart of a story is, like the theme, whatever you want to call it um, at the beginning, it always kind of evolves slightly to something deeper and more specific, which I think is good. Um, but it Very means good. having yeah. to go back and change plot elements or setting stuff or, you know, change what the character does in a situation because it doesn't really, um, enhance you know the overall theme of the story so I think it's it's all really hard for me because I especially now so going through this odyssey workshop a lot of the things that I thought of as revision were you know plot structure stuff or character stuff or dialogue you know that sort of thing I'm learning very quickly and very painfully but um, sometimes revision means like starting over starting over completely um, changing the heart mm-hmm. of your story, changing the whole story, uh, maybe change yeah. it, maybe having the same setting, but seeing it from a totally different perspective, because the way I was doing it doesn't actually inform, you know, what I think I'm trying to say. So yeah. I think what I'm slowly learning is that like, just because something doesn't fit in the story, like your world building, Chelsea, doesn't mean it wasn't good, right? It doesn't mean that it, that it wasn't um, a really unique element of the world or that it wasn't a really cool line of dialogue or, um, a really like baller villain that like um, was really nuanced and had all these different um, elements of depth. But there's a difference between something being not good and something not being right for the story, right? So mm-hmm. you have to Jill kind of over here preaching. It's really and, like, it's I mean, so it's much true. easier it's <laughs> to <yeah>. say <laughs> than to than to act on. But like I'm slowly having to like remind myself of that. That you know, it doesn't mean that I'm not a good writer. It just isn't serving the story. And I have to ultimately serve the story. Like it's not really about me or like what I think shows that I'm a good writer. Or not. Yeah. Yeah. I it's think that, that just... also comes into play of like, who are you writing for? And what is this for? Like they're like when I'm writing, oftentimes when I'm writing poetry, it's just for me, myself and I. And so it doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Or also a short, basically like short, a lot of my short fiction is just for me. And so if I want to write about something and it's just all vibes, it's all atmosphere, like the plot is a mess. The character arcs are invisible. They're not, who, who knows her? We don't know. Like, it's fine because it's just <laughs> for me. Uh-huh. But if I'm writing to get published, I'm writing to a market, I'm writing to get an agent, I'm writing whatever, like you have to take these things into consideration. So I, I always say that because sometimes people will say, well, I'm writing for me. This is for me. This is the story is written for me, and that's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. But like, I think you really have to take into consideration who you're writing to, who you're writing for, mm-hmm. and what kind of stories they want. They want really tight plots, mm-hmm. really you know fast paced action, or a really interesting romance, or whatever. You have to really think about your market. Is it weird that sometimes I just don't <laughs> like? I I know weird? like. Well, like when I'm, I would say maybe when I'm revising, I, I might think more about like expectations, conventions, things like that. But I, yeah. I do like discovering a little bit more in my initial draft because it, it to me is like, that, that's where me, like that's where this story is unique to me. 
comes through Mm -hmm. in that like initial draft because I think when I revise it's like okay I'm not taking me out I'm just like shaping me like shaping my words to fit like Mm -hmm. you know these expectations and Mm -hmm. be able to you know that's a good way to look at it too yeah okay so we talked about self-revision uh you polished your manuscript on your own within an inch of its life and it's perfect to you so now what do you do of course you send it off to cps and maybe your agent or someone else is going to tear it apart <laughs> um it which apart. is so sad it's so which sad is their job um, it is so uh so i'm wondering how many cps y'all like to work with at a time and if you have a process for evaluating or incorporating feedback okay so my beta cp situation has definitely changed over the past year since i focused on horror because adult horror and southern gothic can be a lot for people understandably and my stories tend to be a lot I mean it's adult horror you know it's it can be a lot but um I have four to six betas who look at my pitch and synopsis before I start writing then I have two to three cps who look at my novel by acts So I send them every act or every 25,000 words about, and the number of CPs and betas vary based on people's schedules and stuff. But um, when I get their feedback, I like to spend at least a week just processing everything that that they've said. Um, There's usually inline comments and an edit letter adjacent type thing written in the email back to me. And I like to write down what they've said physically in a notebook and then transfer it to a separate doc where I can look at everyone's feedback in one place. And this usually, this all happens during my processing week. That sounds so organized. What's a processing week? Can you, can you say more about that? Oh, well, I mean, as well, a processing week is literally just me doing everything what I just said of like thinking about what they've said, writing it down in different ways. Like that, that's how I learn. Mm-hmm. I learn by mm-hmm. physically writing it down and then transferring it to like a Google Doc and yeah. then reading it that way. I have to like write it down myself usually for it to like really click. Yeah. And then just looking at everyone's like notes in one place is really helpful. And um, then just like picking out like things that I'm like, oh, you're right. That totally makes perfect sense versus things that I'm like, I don't know, this is really conflicting because like sometimes Mm. two CPs will say conflicting things where they'll say one person will have one chapter and this was like a really long chapter that kind of went on for a while. We didn't really learn anything. And then another CP will say, this is my favorite chapter. I (laughs) loved it. This was, I wouldn't change a thing about it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so when I get that kind of feedback, I usually just go with whatever feels best to my heart <laughs> because yeah. at that point there's nothing else that I can really do so I'll mm-hmm. just go with whatever one I agree with the most yeah and that's what happens during my processing week of me just not I'm I purposefully don't write I don't like write anything or revise anything during my processing week mm-hmm. I'm just processing you know processing I'm yeah. just letting <laughs> things marinate sitting with it letting yeah. things sift around in my head mm-hmm. yeah that's great. And so when you're doing the Google Doc, do you are you like you're like bucketing things too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Yeah. So much of like the more I learn about writing, like the more, the more it seems like you, one can really benefit by like knowing their own mind 
right? And like hearing oh, you say sure. that you like, you need to write it down before you like to really absorb it. Like you just know your mm-hmm. mind so well. I feel like that's really cool. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I probably say I've had like some, I don't know, different experiences. I think usually when it comes to like my initial drafting, I, I, I work a lot in like probably like that first like 50 pages when I'm initially drafting and I'll probably send that out to people like to see how that's working. And that's, I don't know, that kind of informs like I get people's opinions on the characters and the world building and it kind of lets me know, okay, what's working, what's not working. So then when I continue drafting, I kind of like keep those things in mind. Um, but when it comes to like CPs or people reading over like the final product, I probably keep like that number kind of small um, because I don't know. I, I guess it, it helps me focus on, I, I tend to send the people who I know are interested in like the story as a whole. I made the mistake in the past of like having a CP who didn't really care about what I was trying to say. So they, Ew. they didn't want to help. <laughs> Not really. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, Ugh. I think, I thinking making sure to find people. Tomato, who... tomato, tomato. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah, I know, but lesson <laughs> learned. So like having people who, who want to, you know, help you say what you're trying to say. I think that mm-hmm. that's pretty much key. Yeah. Um, and, and that's helped me become a better writer. Like, because I know like, okay, if this person, if these people, you know, can get what I'm trying to say and it's coming through to them, mm-hmm. then I can trust, you know, other readers can, you know, get that as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hate that when you can just tell that a CP like woke up on the wrong side of the bed and it's just like commenting, like, Mm-hmm. you're like what happened yeah. to you today like who hurt you why are you being yeah. who so hurt you? why are you hurting me yeah I don't know yeah. like sometimes and like I will people, say that yeah. I suggest doing sending people your synopsis or like mm-hmm. a pitch or your outline or something that way you can see okay who was giving me more like detailed mm. comments who seems mm. like interested and invested in this kind of story mm-hmm. like if I tell you this is an adult horror with you know torture or whatever I need someone who's going to be like cool I'm excited for this book I'm excited these are the things that I think work these are the things that I'm like man this doesn't sound interesting or whatever Mm -hmm. like that was why I initially came up with sending people my pitch and my synopsis because I didn't want to waste my time sending people my first act or even my first my first few chapters if they weren't going to be interested in this story so I think giving people stuff before giving people your synopsis or whatever before you give them your actual words is helpful to weed out the people who aren't going to be interested in your story specifically your genre your age category whatever whatever um i really recommend it it's really smart like it's so smart yeah yeah it's like a tryout that's great like yeah it is though what is i'm we're we're trying out to see and also it also helps you see their feedback style Mm -hmm. and because you know, that's also very important you have to try to find cps and those who you vibe with mm-hmm. who's like who you trust like you're not sure if it's sarcasm or if they really are an asshole or something like that like mm-hmm. you really have to yeah anyway i really i, I recommend that people do that it's very okay. helpful this is kind of an aside but i wanted to mention it because i thought it was so cool um so dara we know dara who's in our uh black spectacle writer slack group um, and also mm-hmm. Buddha Nuts alum with uh, the Beatrice. Yeah, um, they sent me something the other day that was so cool. So they're writing a new story and um, they DM'd me and they were like, do you want, could, could, would you mind giving me feedback on my pitch? And I was like, your pitch, like a Twitter pitch? Um, and they're like, no, it's like, it's almost like your query letter, like the element of your query letter that's like part of like the story. 
but then we had this list of questions that was like what do you expect to happen like in the fun and games part like what do you like what is like the promise of the premise for you basically hmm. and I was like that's so cool like before that, you even start so drafting to be like that okay I've, really I've set cool. it up for you like what do you think is going to happen here and I thought that was so smart I, I'm totally that, do that for my, for my next he part. actually he did yeah. that to me too he sent me yeah. a DM on, on Instagram yeah but yeah I and I told him I was like this I'm so glad yeah that you did this because it's so smart it's just and it's so easy yeah it's just great yeah I never yeah, thought then, to do that yeah yeah getting those expectations then that can mm-hmm. kind of inform you like am I promising too much like does it seem like too much or do yeah. I need to shift things that's right. so smart um Absolutely. and then speaking of cps i wanted to ask y'all have you ever sent your cps like a questionnaire because i've gotten a few of those and they're really interesting um, as a way to like structure feedback no i have not yeah. done that but it sounds like a good Absolutely. idea Absolutely. yeah every time every time <laughs> I yeah i send like yeah. questions i'm like is it interesting do you like feel for the character right like that kind of stuff but mm-hmm. i think i could get more intentional about it you know yeah, i think yeah. for me my like in my mind i don't want to like lead lead too much like, like I'm, I'm afraid of like mm-hmm. the questions leading to thoughts that maybe they wouldn't have initially had, but I guess maybe I just need to think about what I want right. them to think about. Right. For sure. So, yeah. That's what I was going to say. Think about yeah. what you, this is for you. This is not right. for them. And it's not like, done. It's the story's not you. finished. So it's not like, yeah, if they don't get it, you're like, oh, well I failed. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like it's all for you to help clarify that what you actually want to say is what they're receiving. Yeah. And also if there's something that you're like for you, Chelsea, maybe it's character arcs where you're like I want to like before you send it to them one of your questions might be do you feel like this character like started somewhere and ended somewhere else or do you feel like this character you know had a change at all how do you feel about this character it doesn't it doesn't have to be like do you like them do you feel like they're a good person (laughs) or like whatever it could just be (laughs) how do you how do you feel about them do you feel like Mm. they've progressed over the course of the book like very broad questions as opposed to like leading questions and but also like what you said about you, you didn't want to like lead them to new things I I like to do that I, I I want them to think be thinking about things while they're reading because if I ask them a question it's because I need to know like I need to know how this character is coming off to you the reader because I'm worried about it or something so, <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. yeah yeah, for me, I actually just, um, just to answer my own question, I, it's so funny, like last night, I just got my notes back uh, from my agent for Proxy, the YA, YA story that's yeah! um, um, going back on sub in like three weeks, which is uh, pretty, pretty close. Oh, so um, yeah, it's so um, exciting. depending wow. on me, actually. So yeah, so I spent last night going through my agent's comments in the manuscript and starting to put them into my process. So um, I have a spreadsheet that I, that I put together just with each, every single comment in the doc, you know, how difficult of a change it is, um, some thoughts on how to fix it, um, you know, the page number so I can find it easily. Um, I also like Very to smart. batch. Yeah, it's like, where is this? What, what part of the story was this in? I like to batch my revisions. So um, both in terms of like, this is too much to get done in a single session. So I'm going to chunk it up, but also um, are these all related to like the romance arc? Are these all related to the world building? Are these all related to the fight scene at the end? Um, Cause I find that during revisions, one of the hardest parts for me is switching back and forth in that headspace. Um, if I was just gonna go, you know, page by page, I would be in, like having like whiplash, right? Just trying to figure out like, okay, where am uh-huh, I in the story? Right. What's going on? So part of my process is just chunking it up and then saying, okay, 
this is a day's worth of work. I'm going to do it on Tuesday. The next part's on Thursday, et cetera, et cetera. That's very, so, very smart. So yeah, it's very smart. So I just I did that. Do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's great. I'll, uh, we can link the thread or something in the show notes. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm getting ready to go back into that revision cave. Um, yeah, and it wasn't fun. too bad this time. It's, uh, it's mostly world building, which is absolutely my kryptonite. Um, mm. But I was pleased at least that it's not a ton of like plot structure stuff. So should be the plot was really good in that book like there was it's a great book thanks i'm excited yeah. fingers crossed fingers crossed um so yeah that's me oh one thing i wanted to say about cps i don't know if this reflects y'all's experience but i always go out with like two or three more cps than i think i actually want because inevitably somebody just gets too busy <laughs> um and doesn't finish the book <laughs> so if i want three wow. i'll What's find five me um yeah it happens to me a lot people are, are like they'll, they'll get to it eventually but I'm like I'm on a deadline like I'm trying to go on sub I'm trying to do whatever um yeah. and so if I need feedback hmm. sooner than people can turn it around like I usually yeah pad it a little bit um and then I'm able to do you tell people that you need it by a certain day I do but you know people people get busy they're doing their own oh. work their own okay. writing and stuff so um you know okay. life happens but yeah so that's been a nice thing for me I think I've, it's like without fail I always have much more feedback on like the first act than on the subsequent acts because people just drop off and I'm like oh that's okay. fair and people get tired and they're like yeah no, I'm not gonna yeah do or they don't or they don't comments. comment as I'll do much comments on really big things yeah, yeah exactly so like I want that sort of detail and so I've actually toyed with the idea I haven't done it yet but I thought about like summarizing the first act so that I can get good feedback on like acts two and three <laughs> being like okay here's what happened you start yeah. here <laughs> um yeah, I just thought that might be kind of interesting. I, I don't know. I think it, it kind of depends on the story. I, I feel like maybe before that was kind of more of an issue, but like maybe limiting, limiting it to people who like, I, I guess you doing it by acts kind of makes sense. So people who show mm -hmm. that like initial interest in the beginning, it's like they can kind of keep, you know, they keep that interest. And people who don't really show as much interest, it's like, okay, thank you for the feedback on what you've seen now. Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you for what you've done. I'm moving, I'm moving on now. Yeah. 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 So I know we're running kind of long, but I did want to spend some time talking about edit letters during this episode. Um, because they're kind of their own brand of type of revision. They can be kind of intimidating compared to just like inline comments, which I think is what a lot of people are used to. Both because they come from like a quote unquote industry professional. So like an agent, editor, uh, what have you. Um, and because they or even like a, a mentor, right? From a mentorship. Um, and they also tend to be a little bit less um, specific about like exactly how to fix the problem. Um, and the, the problems that they address are sort of like usually like bigger um, kind of categories of issues or more kind of nebulous. Um, so I was wondering for y'all, like when you get edit letters, how does that process differ versus how you approach in document comments? So I personally have not re received like an edit letter yet, mm -hmm. but I have gotten some like, uh, like from how like, you know, some feedback for like revise and resubmits, kind of just like general big picture things. Mm -hmm. And that was like the mm -hmm. first time I got like big picture feedback, like on that scale. And it kind of made me think, you know, I need like having like taking time to process what's been said and then like having a vision for like how I want to execute like the revision kind of helped me like take mm -hmm. the next steps forward. Cause otherwise I was like, you know, if I did, especially if it didn't like resonate with me, then that probably would have been, mm -hmm. you know, problematic. But mm -hmm. I don't know. I think yeah. like, um, seeing having a vision for how to execute on like that big picture feedback is 
I would say is probably really important. Yeah. So um, this is where, as an author, it's really helpful to like know your strengths and weaknesses. Um, I actually prefer edit letters to inline comments because I'm better at the line level stuff than at the big picture stuff. Uh-huh. Um, that's why I always tell my CPs what I'm looking for ahead of time, which I just got through saying. But my process with edit letters versus in-doc comments are the same, I would say. I, I still do my, I write down everything they say, and then I transfer that to a doc and I look at it that way. So yeah, I'd say at, my process is actually the same, regardless of whether they're inline comments or um, an edit letter. But every mm-hmm. edit letter that I've gotten, I have appreciated more than any inline comments I've ever gotten, only yeah. because I, I feel like the things that I struggle with are more the big picture stuff. Mm-hmm. So in the inline comments that I get are usually not as helpful for plot moving forward stuff. Mm-hmm. And so that's mm-hmm. why the edit letters... I've gotten are just more helpful to me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I agree with more helpful. Also, like so much more challenging, <laughs> and like seem to like cut me to yes, the core. There's so more, much more I'm to like, do. Oh, I feel yeah. like yeah, yeah. Ab- I think absolutely. very, very yeah. rarely in like comments do I get feedback that's like, oh, I'm not good enough to pull that off. But edit letters have made me like question my very being <laughs> many, many times. Absolutely, <laughs> edit letters where I'm like, oh God, it's like do they what know I that doing? I can't actually do that? Like I don't know how to do that. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm. A- I'm a writer, right? I'm yeah. a writer. I can do this. Yeah. So I think yeah, for me, like everything ends up in the same place in that spreadsheet that I was talking about earlier. But for edit letters, there's kind of like this pre-work, which is um, like a different set of like buckets I put things into, which are like things that I agree with fixing and know how to fix, you know, things that I um, agree with fixing, but I'm like not sure how to fix, which is like kind of the scary place of like, how do I do this? Um, mm-hmm. And then things that I like, maybe want to push back on a little bit. So like, I'll spend some time kind of sorting everything in there first um, and thinking about just kind of sitting with it because sometimes the things that you don't want to fix are just like a reflexive, like defensive thing that you actually need to just process and like begrudgingly accept. Um, so I need a lot more distance yeah. with edit letters than I do with with um, like Google Doc comments for sure. But eventually everything ends up at that same level of detail where I can put it into the spreadsheet and just um, kind of knock it off the list. So to wrap everything up, what are we working on? What's going on with us in our personal writing journeys? Well, I am currently drafting um, on a project that I'm really excited about. And after that, my plan is to jump back into, you know, revising, got to revise and resubmits for my YA fantasy, my Afro fantasy. And I'm looking forward to that. But in the meantime, I'm just enjoying the drafting. Enjoying the drafting. I, I love, I love drafting. I shouldn't talk badly about it. Um, <laughs> for me, um, I have a thing I'm working on that I can't talk about yet. And it's taking up a majority of my time just fine. fine. I'm fine with it. I'm enjoying the process also. Aside from that, I'm querying my hybrid novel in verse. So hopefully I'll have good news on that front soon. And aside from those things, I'm starting to draft my next novel, which has gone through betas looking at my pitch and synopsis. And it is an adult religious horror based on true events at my home church in rural Appalachia about a deacon who dies mysteriously at a crack house. Uh, His atheist nephew comes back to town to infiltrate the congregation and find out what really happened to his uncle, but he quickly gets more than he bargained for. 
great uh-huh. pitch. pitch great pitch Thank excellent you. pitch what do you think Thank is in the you. promise of the premise um <laughs> i'm expecting some drama just oh yeah oh yeah it's, there's gonna, it's be, gonna be some drama oh i'm so mm-hmm. excited for that one it's gonna be so good thank you um yeah me i'm balancing um getting proxy ready for submission and um the odyssey workshop so i'm in like week three of 12 so still have quite a ways to go and a lot of my focus for that workshop is short fiction so in addition to all the lectures and exercises and things that we're doing i'm um, pumping out some short stories which is great um, i'm learning a ton and questioning my self-worth as a writer every day um good for you good, good for good. you we're, we're here we're learning we're growing and uh we've talked about like our like cycles and like how we refill the well and stuff a lot i'm really excited already looking forward to my uh november off and i'm going to binge watch all the things and read all the things um after this workshop is over mm. and proxy is on sub very exciting fun 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 very fun Okay, as always, thanks for listening, y'all. So if you haven't already, follow us on Afronauts Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. And to support the production of this podcast, you can find us at Afronauts Pod on Ko-fi or check the link in our Twitter profile. Don't forget to follow, subscribe, and review.